welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. Uh, Let's get right after it. Uh, As many of you already know, I do not like wasting time. I prefer not to waste mine or yours. So we are going to go right after it today in segment number four of You're the Problem. Now, reminder, I'm not telling you that you suck at life, that you're no good, that you, no, I am doing empathy training under the label, you're the problem, because true empathy training begins the moment we say, could I be part of the problem? Is that part of what needs to be looked at here? Is it, is it me? Should I take a look at me and figure out what's going on with me? And if you're not doing that regularly, then let's be real. You are the problem or at least part of the problem in our world that is filled, absolutely filled with sympathy and not filled with empathy. We have narcissism. We have all kinds of issues that result from us taking on other people's issues as if they're our own. And that is unhealthy. Empathy stops at this spot. It says, I'm going to attempt to understand what you're experiencing as if I understood your past, present, and future, but without taking it on. And the current version of sympathy, now historically sympathy had a different definition, but the current definition of sympathy is your feelings are my feelings. And that has resulted in massive levels of unhealthy thought and experience and projection and problems. And we have to, have to culturally make an adjustment or we're going to continue to cause these unhealthy behavioral situations, often of violence, right? I'm I'm reminded of what's going on with Riley Gaines and the unnecessary violence that's coming from sympathy not toward her, but toward a trans man that is uh, a woman competing in women's sports. Can we empathize with them? Sure. Please empathize with them uh, on both sides. But not sympathize. Right. When we take on their emotion as our own, then we go and we have a situation where Riley Gaines gets punched, not by the male that is trans female, but by somebody else who's taking on the issue as if it is their own issue. Uh, no, no, it's not your issue. Um, you should let them uh, empower them to fight their own battle. Because the more you don't, the more you sympathize, the weaker you make the trans movement. That's the reality. Now, I can show you that time and time again. That was a little detour. Wasn't necessarily planning to go that way. But 
that is on the front of my mind as I think of the importance of teaching empathy. And today we're going to do that. All right. So earlier in this week, I did a Robin Williams clip and I'm going to stay true to what I'm doing this week. I am a huge fan of Robin Williams and the work that he did. Uh, he was a phenomenal actor. He really got into different characters and really did a, I mean, he's just like versatility top notch. So I'm going to set the stage uh, today. Let's start with this younger viewers, uh, younger audience members, please use discernment, judgment, good judgment. There is a lot of vulgar language in this. I am not picking this because of its vulgarity. I am picking it because it gives me a ton of material to work with when it comes to assessing empathy and teaching empathy. And this is out of Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, uh, for those of you who have not seen it, it is a phenomenal work. Absolutely brilliantly done. Character development is solid. The, uh, the real life lights, uh, issues that are at hand are present. Now, in this particular scene, I did not pick the Robin Williams scene. I thought about picking because there's about 20 of them I could have picked from. But in this particular scene, we have a TA, uh, the professor's assistant. His name is Tom. He really understands his position. He wants to be the most brilliant guy in the room, but he has been humbled by uh, a, a gentleman named Will. Will is this boy genius. He didn't ask for this gift. He was just given a gift. We all have gifts. His happens to be mathematics. He can solve mathematical problems like nobody's business. And it's very simple for him. Like it's very, very easy. And so he solves this really complex mathematical problem for Professor Lambeau. Professor Lambeau is a, uh, he's an award-winning mathematician. Uh, the people in the profession think he's a genius. For all intents and purposes, he is. Like, he's incredibly intelligent, knowledgeable, but he doesn't have the gift that Will has, and he knows it. And that's a humbling experience for an award-winning mathematician to go, wow, I worked my tail off to get this far, to understand this much. But for this kid, it's just easy. It's like watching one of those really great athletes that's just built different. It just comes naturally, and they're willing to work at it. Right. They, they just they look different on the court, on the field, on the, the playground. They just it's different. And Will is that kid. Will, on the other hand, doesn't understand the complexity of it because to him, it's so simple. And then in the background, you hear about it. But there is a guy named Sean. That's Robin Williams. He is an incredibly talented uh, individual as well. He went to school with Professor Lambeau, and he is serving as uh, the uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, counselor, uh, you know, fill in the blank. That's his role in this particular movie. And so that's happening in the background. 
Now, Will is getting close to Sean, as should happen in a therapeutic relationship that is built on trust and quality relationship. And that's where this scene ensues. Now, I'm going to let this scene play out beginning to end. I've got about two and a half minutes. I don't normally do that. I normally cut in. But today, I am not going to cut in. I'll try not to cut in as much. But what I want you to do is just really pay attention to the different aspects and reactions, right? They do a really good job of reacting appropriately. And meaning they, their mannerisms, their body language, their tone, volume, cadence, those communication pieces are really critical. So pay attention to those in this particular clip and we will dissect it again at the end. So that's the stage. That's where we're going. I am going to put this up on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube and Rumble. Those of you who aren't, you should be able to hear it. It's going to be a little bit on the complex side because you're only going to be able to hear the tone, volume, and cadence, but you're not going to be able to see the nonverbals. And the nonverbals in this next two and a half minutes are pretty critical. All right. Again, I will try not to stop. Uh, but those of you who know me, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, there might be a moment or two where I jump in there. I'll try to keep it brief. Here we go. Most people never get to see how brilliant they can be. They don't find teachers who believe in them. They get convinced they're stupid. I hope you appreciate what he's doing. Because I've seen how much he enjoys working with you. Not against you. Hello, Will. Tom, can you get us some coffee? Sure. Now, let's see. This is correct. You see you used McLaurin there. Yeah, I don't know what you call it. This can't be right. It would be very embarrassing. Did you ever consider... I'm pretty sure it's right. Hey, look, can we do this at Sean's office from now on? Because I... I gotta knock off work to come here and the commute is killing me. Yeah, sure. But did you think of the possibility... That's right. Just take it home with you. What happened at the McNeil meeting? I couldn't go. I had a date. So, uh, so I sent my chief negotiator. On your own time, you can do whatever you like, Will. But when I set up a meeting with, with my associates and you don't show up, it reflects poorly on me. Uh, don't set up any more meetings. Well, I won't. I'll cancel them. I'll give you a job myself. I just wanted you to see what was out there. Look, maybe I don't want to spend the rest of my fucking life sitting around explaining shit to me. Okay, I tried not to, but uh, notice that the professor is asserting authority and Will is pushing back against that authority. I'm commenting on that because I want to uh, discuss it a tiny bit more later on in the empathy part. And the professor then backed off. The professor said, wait a second, I'll just give you the job myself, right? He's, he's saying, do this, but, but if you don't, because of your gift, I will try to come up with something else. All right. 
demeanor shifts. I think you could show me some appreciation. A little appreciation? Do you know how easy this is for me? Do you have any fucking idea how easy this is? This is a fucking joke. And I'm sorry you can't do this. I really am, because I wouldn't have to fucking sit here and watch you fumble around and fuck it up. And you'd have more time to sit around and get drunk instead, wouldn't you? You're right. And the climax. This is probably a total waste of my time. Okay. For today's purposes, that is all that I need to show. Because if you saw The Professor, those of you watching on Rumble and YouTube, if you're not, please go watch. That, that two-minute, 38 seconds is totally worth your time. But if you saw the professor's look at the end as he runs over to the paper that Will lit on fire. Why does Will light it on fire? He lights it on fire simply because he can. Because he understands he could recreate that. He doesn't need that. He understands he has the gift. That is why he lights it on fire. He simply knows it's not that big of a deal to him. But to the professor, it's like stabbing him in the, the, the relational good. Ouch, the pain. The pain is real for that professor. So let's start with Professor Lambeau. Professor Lambeau, he starts off in this scene in a position of authority. I know I went into that when I interrupted and I, you know, I, I got to hit that. He starts off in a position of authority, and at the end, he literally drops to his knees in humility. He's humbled by a kid, not even a student in his university, a kid that probably wouldn't have been allowed in his university. And he drops to his knees to save a document that this kid could recreate. The professor needs him. He doesn't actually need the professor. Now, empathy. You ever have been in a position where you were the one who was needed and you lorded it over somebody? That's kind of messed up. That is kind of messed up. Let's be real. If you can't see that, you're part of the problem. You need to insert empathy there. All right. And I know I'm coming at you hard, but here we go. Professor Lambeau goes into that humble state, even though he's in a position of authority. What does this say about positions of authority? Positions of authority based on past performance are are those really positions of authority? We think about what happens to us culturally. What have you done for me lately? See, once we arrive, the professor arrived, got, got all the awards, the accolades. He's in the in crowd with the other mathematicians. He has arrived. But he now fights to sustain it. Think about that. That's a tough position. For those of you who think that somebody else, because they arrived, they got it easy. 
if you can't see the challenge of sustaining wealth, knowledge, uh, the in crowd, you might be part of the problem. I, I love it. I've, I've worked with the very, very wealthy, the very, very poor, and everything in between. And that is not a, a, a joke. That is a literal, as a therapist, I've worked. Y'all got problems. I don't care if you're rich, you got problems. You're poor, you got problems. The problems are not even all that different. Because psychologically, there's a lot of similarity between you and me, between you and you, between everybody. There's a lot of similarities. Now, are we the same? No, there's, there's actual authentic gifts that we are given like Will has. And if you can't see your gifts, you might be part of the problem. Remember, empathy is about asking those questions like, how do I see the world as if I'm you, but without becoming you, without taking on your emotion, without taking on your issue as if it were my own? How can I see the world through that lens? And that requires both an integration, a me loving you and a me accepting you can handle your own crap. You could do your own business. And maybe I'll play a part in it. But whether I do or not, um, that, that's not, that's not my role. My role is to empathize to love you, care about you, to see your past, present, and future as accurately as I can without taking it on. So we we saw back, I'm going to go backwards now. I'm going to go back to Tom. Actually, no, I'm going to save Tom for the last. That's the best one for the last. In the background, you see the relationship that Will has with Sean. When he spoke about Sean, he spoke with a different tone, volume, cadence. His demeanor shifted. He said, let's do this where Sean is. And he hid behind the cover of it's simpler for me. But what he was really saying is it's safer for me. Because relationally at this point in the movie, he's developed that relationship. And you can see it in his demeanor if you watched the movie. Go back and watch that couple of seconds where he's talking about Sean. It's different. He enters this more relaxed demeanor. That's important because empathizing means to acknowledge what is going on, not what we want to be going on, what we think is going on, but what is actually going on. And Will is saying, Sean makes me comfortable. Sean is somebody who loves me and I, I'm beginning to love him too. And not in a creepy, weird way. Come on, people. In a good way. And yes, a therapist can love you and you can love your therapist. And it could be not unhealthy. It could be very healthy. One that has boundaries, caring, kind, respectful boundaries. It's not going to be a romantic love. And if it is, it's not healthy. It's going to be a depth of relationship love. That's different. And so you see that in the background with Sean. Uh, that would be Robin Williams' character. Watch the movie. You're going to see it all. It's pretty impressive. So let's move on to Will. Will is a boy genius. It's pretty easy to see he's got a gift. And it's pretty easy to see 
doesn't really care about his gift. And that is unfortunate, not just for the professor, but for the world. When we don't use a gift we are given, that is a sad day. That is a sad event, a sad time. Because our world needs your gifts. But it needs them to be healthy. And if you can't see that there's some unhealthy stuff going on with Will, you might be part of the problem too. I mean, for crying out loud, dude's lighting up a cigarette in the professor's office. And this was, I think, in the 90s. That was not acceptable behavior in the 90s. Yeah, maybe in the 60s and the 70s, that was normal. But not at the time frame that this movie was set. So you could tell there's a certain amount of, I don't give an F about eh, this whole, you know, formality junk. That, if you can't see, is a problem. You should be able to see that pretty clearly. Again, nonverbals, paraverbals, it's very clear. If you can't see that Will is annoyed by the simplicity of this to him and the complexity to those around him, let's be real. For those of you who have a gift and you've acknowledged it, It is kind of obnoxious that other people can't do what you can do. But once you get to the point that you acknowledge that it's a gift, that it's part of what you have to offer that's authentic and yours, that's different. Now, if you're saying you don't have a gift right now, you're like, ah, I don't have a gift. Uh, You're part of the problem. Being real here with you, if you can't see some of your gifts, you won't see them all every day, but if you can't see some of your gifts, you have not done enough soul searching and identity work. You need to jump in with a therapist that does good identity work and start exploring, do some mask exercises, explore who I was, am, and want to be, write out your story and start to see the themes that jump out. There's lots of options in there, but do it with somebody who can care for you and see more objectively. Point out your blind spots to you. Or else you're part of the problem. If you're unwilling to do that work, you're part of the problem. And if you don't go back and redo that work periodically, the transformation will be imperfect. And not that it's ever going to be perfect, perfect, but you got to keep the process going. And periodically, who I was, who I am, who I want to be. At different stages of life, that shifts. And if you don't acknowledge how your gifts play out in these different stages, you're part of the problem. All right, now I want to hit the last one, the TA, that teacher's assistant or professor's assistant. Tom, at the very, very beginning, you hear him talking directly to Will. And when he's talking to Will, he's coming from a place of hurt. You can hear that in his tone, volume, and cadence, in his demeanor. He wants badly to be the gift that Will is to Professor Lambeau. And he knows that he's not. He understands his place, which the professor aptly highlights. Hey, Tom, can you go get us some coffee or go get me some coffee? He wants to be the hero of the story. But it turns out 
he is not the whoa sorry about that folks having a little um, issue with my mic i'm gonna take care of it here we go <laughs> all right so he wants to be the hero of the story but he realizes that he's not and so what does he do he accepts his position he accepts that he can't be the hero of the story that he must be the assistant. If he wants to be in the presence of greatness, which he does, he has a role to play and he accepts his role. But if you can't see how much that hurts him, you might be part of the problem. All right. So for those of you who are watching, you probably see my hand in there. Uh, my mic fell off. It's kind of an interesting dilemma. I didn't expect this. This is new for those of you listening. I, I hope the sound is still coming through quality and we're just going to keep plugging away. I'm going to get through the end of this here in the next couple of minutes anyway, and then we will, uh, I'll get it fixed for next time. All right. So with Tom, my highlight for you is know your place. If you have the gift of being a good servant, be a good servant. If you have the gift of being a leader, be a good leader. And if you can't see either one of those things, you're not paying attention and you're part of the problem. And Tom points that out to us. Tom makes that clear because he accepts his gift. And his gift in this relationship is not to be the genius boy, not to be the professor, but at least temporarily be in the background. That's his gift. Serve from behind the scenes. That's what he does. And if you can't see that, you're a part of the problem. Empathy, 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 folks. Look, I know that I've been doing this segment for a few weeks now. I hope this stuff is starting to help. I hope you are benefiting personally from it. And I hope there's some entertainment value. Look, I showed different kinds of videos. We'll, we'll keep doing this. Uh, I'm getting pretty good feedback for it. Uh, if you have questions, concerns, if you empathize in a different way, if you see something I don't see, and there are things here that I have not pointed out, do me a favor. Leave comments. Leave comments on YouTube, on Rumble, you, on Podbean, on Apple, like leave comments. And if and when I see them, because I do try to check periodically with, with some amount of frequency, my goodness, I will engage as best I can because my goal is growth, not perfection, not mine, not yours, growth. And empathy helps us get there and it helps us get there together. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information. 